100th episode final four spectacular um those were the dulcet tones of ariana debose who is the entertainment for today's uh ceremony she did a very lovely opening number for us introducing um two people who did the thing well actually three i didn't even introduce myself i'm drew haskins i host this podcast you know that if you're here a hundred episodes later you definitely know that. Uh, joining me today are two people who did the thing, neither of whom are women king, but they are men king. But I didn't say that because that's a little less exciting and traditional. Um, please welcome dear fan favorites, multi-time guests, Will Sandercock and John Boone. Uh, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm Drew out of Haskins, You are all of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's the craziest thing to me like yeah like Angela Bassett did the thing is so Angela crazy Bassett did the thing but like Jamie Lee you are all of us is such a perfect little bite of nonsense <laughs> like <laughs> I'm I'm truly obsessed with just how quickly she loses the beat on just the carry and carry with a seed line and then it just carries on the whole rest of the way, Carrie. Um, but I want to hear, like, when they were writing it, how that was originally supposed to be said. Because I just like how quickly she. It throws off the entire rest of the thing. Well, she starts off, off like I, I like I didn't realize until a day later that the no the whole number began with her singing. Sisters are doing a. For themselves by Annie Lennox and Aretha Franklin. She sounds <laughs> god awful. No offense, doing that too. Like, I. Yeah. Wait, whoa, I whoa, guess... whoa, whoa. Why did you say two? Because what we're talking about, she does not sound god awful. She sounds iconic. She sounds <laughs> play the house down boots. She won the final four uh, lip sync RuPaul verse challenge. <laughs> and America's Next Drag Superstar is. Ariana DeBose. You can be iconic without being good. That's certainly true. And <laughs> when I found out that this incident happened on the five-year anniversary of Fergie's national anthem, I I'm like, <laughs> the channeling of the Holy Spirit that must have occurred on that BAFTA stage. I mean, it, it we saw it play out, but it really is like, an act of divine incompetence what happened on that whereas stage. i would say whereas i would say this was the first true moment of culture in 2023 i agree with that i that agree with that we've had a lot yeah. of kind of like ephemeral memes but and i would argue that like even last year in 2022 like the memes were not necessarily as potent as they could be. And part of that is just because like oversaturation. And also we all have like lizard brains, like constantly sticking our tongues out for flies and we cannot pay attention to the same thing for more than like <laughs> a six hour span. I have had 
Angela Bassett did the thing in my head for a full week now. And I think oh, I will no. into next Golly week. Me. Friend of the pod, George Severus tweeted uh, earlier this morning that there is no reason for rhyme structure or just like the meter of the stanza for her to say Blanchett Kate. She could have said the Kate Blanchett and it would have had the exact same number of syllables and rhyming and everything. Like she just makes things difficult for herself. It, I just like how it does sound different is. though. <laughs> Blanchett, Kate, you're a genius. Jamie Lee, you're all of us. Like that's not even a rhyme. <laughs> Anna, what what's the one about Anna Darmus? Anna, girl, you were great and blonde. It, it is so much funnier that she wrote it herself. <laughs> I I would like to say something in her defense. Um, yeah. Which is that I watched more of the BAFTAs this year than I ever have in my entire life. Like, I saw probably a good, like, half of the show. And I'm not going to say it was a bad show, but it definitely was a little bit, like, wobbly at times. And I would argue she's not that much worse than the rest of the show was. Well, I will say we we watched it. Yeah. We watched it together, and uh, it's mostly, like, we watched it on a weird delay where it was, like, some of it spliced together then with backstage interviews, but it was all, like, fairly, like, uh, like, Richard E. Grant making, like, a kind of joke, and then, like, giving an award to the All Quiet on the Western Front sound team. We don't call it that on this podcast. We call it all QQ on the woo-woo-foo. So please use the proper terminology (laughs) when you're... (laughs) Giving an award to the all QQ on the woo-woo whatever um, like uh, (laughs) director. And so we didn't even actually see it on the the airing we were watching. We only found it later via Twitter, which feels like where it belongs because to... Imagine it if we had just been watching it live. I don't understand how it fit in with the show. And I'm I don't need it to. I am truly grateful that it exists. But if it was the opening, right? I don't know. I assume um, it was. I, like let me do a anything cool. to open anything with that energy is like I'm yeah, do it. Why not? Why Wouldn't not? it be funny if it was the middle of the show, though? But it would like okay. It was it up. was open. It was and the it, opening number. Yeah. The funniest thing, I guess, in retrospect, is I kept when we were watching. Uh, has Ryan been on the show? Yeah. Um, Ryan and Gary, for friend of the show, me. Ryan and Gary. Uh, we were w- sitting next to each other and I kept being like, why is so-and-so there? Why is so-and-so there? And most of it was like, oh, they are pre- they won last year, so they're presenting. And I was like, oh, why is Ariana DeBose there? And he was like, oh, she's presenting best supporting whatever. And then to find out later, oh, no, that's not all she was there for. We would, had we not, had we thought that was all she was there for, we would have missed out on so, so, so much. Thank God she was there. Yeah. Like, if that's the trade-off we have to endure for her being an Oscar winner in the first place and a BAFTA winner, like, I 
I'm kind of glad she won last year, even though from all accounts, she is mid uh, at best mm -hmm. in most things. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad we got this number because I definitely don't think that Kristen Dunst, had she won for Power of the Dog, would be doing something like this. But I would love to see her do it. I'd love to see that too. I mean, it's just, you know, we've let theater kids become very empowered over the past half decade. And I do blame Glee for this because when you don't have people placed into boxes as outcasts in the <laughs> high school sense, you get people like Lin-Manuel Miranda. You get people like Ben Platt. You get people like Ariana DeBose who are now left to run amok in Hollywood, making some of the most cringe art you've ever seen just because we've let their ids go completely unchecked. I would take a million Ariana DeBose BAFTA raps over one Dear Evan Hansen the movie and if she wants to do this again next year, let her. Let her write like a Roxy Andrews rap every year for the rest of her life. Or just Angela Bassett did the thing, the feature length movie musical. I, I mean, I, look, I don't want to look ahead too much. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda deserves more uh, blame for this, honestly. Because it's absolutely sounds so, like something he would have written. <laughs> like he opened the doors for something like this to exist. But I do think Lin-Manuel Miranda would have done this rap more competently. Yes. Let's Again, say than Ariana DeBose. I think, I think the competency was there. The bars <laughs> do you think were so? there. I think do the energy so? was there. I think the choreography was there. I think the references were there. If, okay. if Lin Manuel had if Lin Manuel had done this, he would have got a Tony. And instead, we ran Ariana Debose off Twitter. Okay, that's that's that is, some that is that is culture today. That it's despicable, and everyone should be ashamed. <laughs> no, I I think it's I think it's actually she was a a weenie for deactivating. I'll say this: yeah, art is allowed to be there. criticized. Like yeah, if you uh, don't turn it out we're allowed to say hey sis you didn't turn it out this time <laughs> like you yeah. you embarrass yourself on a global stage doing something that you're ostensibly a triple threat in like if i call oh, myself i take umbrage i take umbrage with you saying embarrassed i take umbrage and also i'm gonna put a challenge to you on this podcast right now uh-huh oh god you have 24 hours to post yourself doing it better on your on a so on a social media of your choice well, I'm I'm not supposed to rap. As a white man, that's not my medium. I don't even know if that was canonically considered a rap. So we'll give you escape on this one. You're you're yeah. in. See, I <laughs> I I Lil Dutchie always finds his way out of any sort of sneaks and, and suspicions. Um Ariana DeBuzz will bounce back from this, I'm sure. Like it is sad to me that she is, I think, without question more famous for this though than she is for winning a literal oscar because no one saw that movie last year 
I do think it is really funny that people are like, oh, what does she do? And then you Google her and you're like, oh, yeah, you literally won an Oscar yeah. less than a year ago. <laughs> I, I mean, she'll be. That. I just know that you're not going to hear me on the airwaves of a podcast tearing down a queer Afro-Latina woman of color, putting herself out there for the world. Well, no one's tearing her down. We're just criticizing her. We're criticizing her for her performance abilities and the expression of talent that she showed, which I think is fair. Like I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if we never saw Ariana DeBose again. Okay, wait, we literally did those. So did you guys see TikTok today? The BAFTAs and I think one of her like stylists and makeup or makeup people shared some videos on TikTok of her quote unquote rehearsing backstage and it was her saying Angela Bassett did the thing like in the makeup room in backstage. I think it's a setup. I think they recorded those videos sometime this week to make her look like she was in on the joke. But there's, I don't think, I'm sorry, I don't buy it for a second because like there's no way that that wasn't meant earnestly. And even if it was supposed to be camp or like intentionally bad, why did she sound like she had long COVID? (laughs) Like she was out of breath from jump. If they're doing this, if she's truly hired crisis PR management for this, I, I just want to check myself off of this train because cult pop culture is getting just too insane. <laughs> and if we're doing, if we're doing Ariana DeBose, Angela Bassett did the thing conspiracy theories, I'm also, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a no for me, dog. I'm also, for that reason, I'm out. That's my QAnon. Ariana <laughs> <laughs> DeBose. I also think it's Your really... Dolly <laughs> I think it's, I think it's borderline upsetting that like when Angela Bassett crosses over into the heavenly realm, a lot of people will be like, Angela Bassett did the thing when she dies. I'm sorry. I think that is like really borderline disrespectful that Ariana DeBose would even create something that could be used so disrespectfully by people such as myself. The fact that your brain goes there, like, study it for science. We're not... (laughs) What are you talking about? I have, like, CTE from this podcast. My brain is leaking out my ears. Like, a hundred... I have been exposed to corners of the dark web doing Crisis Twink that people... (laughs) People wouldn't like. (laughs) Okay, I... I, No, you're... I can't even You're absolutely right. (laughs) So is this the part where you announce to your uh, viewers that this is actually a shorter episode because Angela Angela Bassett, parentheses, did the thing, has been voted number one song of all time. Uh, We don't need to do the (laughs) final round of voting. We thank everyone for participating, but we had a late minute, last minute edition that has uh, swiftly reached the top. This is one of the dizziest things you've ever tried to pull on this podcast. (laughs) I did not invite y'all here at 9.13 p.m. Central Standard Time on a Thursday to not do this elaborately choreographed dance that is this 100th episode. We're not going to just talk about Ariana DeBose today, though it is like one of the pressing emergencies of our time, and I'm glad we 
spent a good <laughs> 10 minutes talking about it. We're here today to choose the greatest song of all time, which uh, with apology, apologies to Mixed Bows, like it's not that. It's not that rap. So what we're going to do is pick between four songs to determine which one is the best something that's longer than 55 seconds and doesn't incorporate any sort of reference to michelle yo loving her from the start is yeah, michelle, Banks- michelle yo got off pretty easy in that no one remembers that line anyway uh, well i i was thinking about it because like ariana debose was born we seven years. we can't go backwards okay we but i just backwards. want let me say this because <laughs> this fact is taking up real estate in my brain and i want to just expunge it ariana debose was born seven years after michelle yo made her film debut so like unless ariana debose is referring to one of her past lives that doesn't make any sense and actually is almost disrespectful because she didn't even look at IMDb. So, Holly Weird. Who are you calling Dizzy Bitch? Let's keep it pushing. Let's <laughs> keep it pushing, set up, queen. Set up the rules or whatever. Okay. So, we are at the long, the end of the long and winding road that was the Tear the Community Apart Civil War 100th episode spectacular to determine the greatest song of all time. Over the past four days, uh, myself and special guests have gone through 64 songs to winnow it down to four songs to be selected for tonight's event. The first ceremony, uh, why am I calling it a ceremony? The first division (laughs) was... Max and Lizzie from Spinners Club joined me and 212 by Azalea Banks is the representative from the first division. It defeated Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado in the final. Um, also defeating songs like Teenage Dream, Baby One More Time, uh, wow. Cut to the Feeling, and Don't Trust Me by 303 along the way. Was it what version of that make it into the seed? Was it the the one with the ballet clip in it? No, it was just the regular, regular, regular. Oh, God, maybe that would have done better. I don't think Cut to the Feeling actually made it out of the first. Oh, yeah, Cut to the Feeling did not make it out of the first round. I misspoke. It lost to one thing by Amory, which I think was pretty justified. Um, God, Carly cannot get a win. I mean, I said some potentially disparaging things about her in the episode, but we don't have to litigate. She's she's a loser already. Like we're not relitigating that. So the second division, um, fan favorites Brendan Crawl and Roz Kutch join me to vote "Smile" by Lily Allen into the finals. Uh, it defeated. I gotta since... know what this be. I need. To... Yeah. Well, no. I look, don't show your shoot your wad too early here. Okay, we still have to vote. Smile by Lily Allen defeated since you've been gone by Kelly Clarkson in the final matchup. What? How? And it defeat it it defeated such songs as American Boy by Estelle, Rehab by Amy Winehouse. Uh. How will I know by Whitney Houston? Were you all like along the way? 
Yeah, what what was happening during this episode? Were Listener, you all like listeners of the, the episode will know at this point, but uh Brendan Crawl, the Donald Trump of the Crisis Twink universe came in with an agenda It basically strong-armed smile into the final four. It was a dastardly display of political power the likes of which we have never seen even on my podcast like i've done some heinous gaslighty shit uh never forget that i essentially twisted uh, a friend of the pod colin lebron's arm into voting the macarena over venga boys we like to party the party bus uh for this segment um but no brendan brendan outplayed even even myself even a, a master manipulator and delusional diva like myself I know, I'm gonna, like I know, we'll get into it. It's not even the best Lily James song on that album. Lily James. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listen. Lily I'm Allen. gonna hold my I'm gonna hold my fire for right now. But I would argue Lily Allen wouldn't even vote for Smile over Rehab. Like she would just be like, "Oh yeah, like that." Okay. <laughs> Is Sam Taylor Johnson already like tarnishing the? Amy Winehouse brand this much that she can't beat Division 2? Look, Rehab is not the best Amy Winehouse song. I voted for Smile over Rehab. I'll say that much. Were you thinking about the Glee version? I don't know what Glee is. So... You already referenced it 15 minutes ago. (laughs) No... No. No. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on. Third... Division, third division, um, friends of the pod, Michael Eichner and Four Du Bois came on and we selected 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters as the representative. Um, This beat in the finals, uh, (laughs) buttons by the <laughs> that's a cl- that's a closer that's a closer call than you would expect. It was shockingly close, and we did. It was a very contentious bracket. Um, I think Michael is so pissed by like a lot of the buttons discourse that was had. Um, but a hundred percent pure love defeated such hits like uh, "Chasing Cars" by Snow Patrol, "That Don't Impress Me Much" by Shania Twain, "This Love" by Maroon Five. And Room Room by Charlie XCX. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. 100% Love beat Room Room by Charlie XCX in the finals, not Buttons. Room Room beat Buttons because we were like, we can't let this bit go this far. Because otherwise <laughs> we would have had Buttons probably in the final four. I would argue maybe Buttons should be. Buttons I is a Buttons, we all, no. I think we know, I, no. I would guess everyone on this called knows every word to buttons baby can't you see <laughs> these clothes ain't fitting on me but, all right that that after no, the right. uh, after you're the right. um after the true shock to the system that was division two division three does make more sense in sort of the reality i'm living in yeah which is still delusional but like more palatable the fourth division was the guest submission division um past guests of the pod like julia gray carrie o'donnell alina mitra yanni tesoras and more submitted 16 songs for consideration for the final four um and friends of the pod uh bobby highland and mike leo came and we selected ray of light by madonna for this from this bracket it defeated uh 
what did it defeat? Oh, Supercut by a Lord in the final. And it beat such hit songs like Love by Lana Del Rey, Toxic by Britney Spears. Toxic. Uh, Big, Toxic. <laughs> Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Toxic um, and Spanish Flea by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass uh, <laughs> along its way to. I can't believe break. you insulted Herb Alpert like that. That is vile. Um, Dream Light's not even Madonna's best song. Okay, why I, are you guys? I know you voting? voted Dream. No, I, I, I wrote down okay, some no, notes no. and I literally wrote not even the best Madonna song. You guys <laughs> are being behaving in a very like spiritually gutter manner right now. I would say wow. because a we have not started the voting yet, and b these are guest submissions. I didn't pick any of these songs here. I didn't even pick other songs We're, in the bracket. We don't have a problem with the guest submissions. We have a problem with enemies of the pod. Whoever the people that picked Ray of Light as beating Toxic. Um. You know, all all opinion and criticism is, you know, it's not hard facts, but I think we all can agree that Toxic is a better pop song than Ray of Light. They're both I, great. I, I, think well, I, dis- I, I think we can all agree that Toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when it's mothers versus daughters, mother knows best. And that's all we have to say about that. So... <laughs> So those are the four songs that we will be discussing tonight. Um, I have randomized those four songs and put them into a bracket. Y'all don't know the pairings yet. I actually really have not looked at the pairings either. So I don't I don't know how things shook out here. But what we are going to do is go song by song really quickly and say one nice thing and one mean thing about each of them before. around the horn before we go in. Because I, I'm sensing some biases. I, I could say a nice I, thing. I have nice things to say about I have about a nice them. thing and a critique about... I have a nice thing I could say about all of them. I have a critique for some of them. Okay. So we're going to start with 212 by Azalea Banks. Um, we're going to say the nice things first. I'm going to throw it to Will. Um, It's a song that is so good that despite all the racism, all the homophobia... The continual transphobia, uh, her starting fights with everyone in the music industry, her starting fights with literal countries mm-hmm. and entire races of people. Uh, she still has a semblance of a career because that song is so good. <laughs> it was also, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, prophetic because she became the woman she's rapping about in that song. And it's a bop. I guess that's uh, that's sort of a, uh, a critique and a uh, yeah. Not a critique. I just think it's interesting. I thought okay when you say interesting, that is like the most backhanded compliment you can give someone. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll say my nice thing about two one two. I think two one two. Why am I last? I'm a guest. <laughs> okay, go, go. I, no, I'm just trying to understand like how you like treat your guests as a host of this prestigious podcast i treat my guests like dirt on my shoe <laughs> but please go <laughs> mine was slightly similar but also very different from what will said which is, is that there was a moment in time where 212 was used in every single movie trailer and every single movie it was omnipresent in a way that most songs you would be like i never want to hear this again 
and come on it's la yeah despite every everything despite its omnipresence 212 never lost its essence it it never became less impactful yeah um My positive thing is A, all is forgiven, and B, uh, I listen to 212 literally every single day of my life. Um, she has a lot of imitators. She completely defined the house rap genre for the digital age. And not only is 212 her only good, or it's not her only good song. Like she has like a fuck ton of hits. Like she's still a hit maker. She's still like, no one has ever come close to reaching her like level of originality, impact, and above all, just like sheer rap talent in this space. Um, We are going to critique. It's hard to say she's still a hit maker unless you're like listening to whatever she randomly uploads on like SoundCloud. Which we are because New Bottega literally got her a record deal this year. So, um, Will, she's still a hit maker. She's a hit maker. The song she did where she rapped over this like kind of, can I say cunty? Yeah, you can definitely say cunty. Well, I was gonna say once we we get into the actual discourse around the song, we're gonna be dropping. Yeah. She did this track where she was rapping over this cunty, like a uh, minimal techno beat by the Swedish DJ Shlomo. And it was so cool. And they used, I forget which uh, fashion ad it was, but they used it for a one runway walk and it was just fabulous. And it's like, oh yeah, she's still figuring out ways to like merge electronic music and put herself over it. And it always sounds good. Always. It always sounds good. Yep. Okay, but now it's time for your critique. What are you gonna say? Um about the guess, song itself. I don't know. I don't really have anything I can critique the song on. I like truly have nothing. I don't have anything bad to say about it. I also um uh yield my time. Like by... literally, we me and John went to see her. She did this like little mini tour last winter. And when she did this song, it was at this venue in LA Live next to the Staples Center. And everyone in the venue launched themselves into the air and was just jumping and yeah. acting like a maniac when she performed 212. And it actually nearly gave me a panic attack because this venue was like a couple floors up and the floor was shaking so much. And we were next to the sound booth and you could just see this computer monitor next to us just rattling. Oh, God. And I was just like, oh, the floor's going to collapse <laughs> and we're all going to die. And I'm like, oh, this would be a cunty way to die going out to 212. <laughs> Deeply cunt way yeah. to die. Um, I, I guess I would say my critique is that that night at the concert was the highest I've gotten in probably a decade. <laughs> I, I think my critique is also about a live Azalea Banks show. I saw her at the El Rey in 2016 with Forda Boys. Um, and I have never seen so many white people say the N-word on Moss as during that show. Um, oh, I, I, saw, I saw Drake at Coachella. I think I probably have you beat on that. Yeah, bro. you probably do. You probably do. Um, it's tough when it's white gays, though, because it's like, really? <laughs> like, you're really gonna... Do that. Um, 
Critiquing the song itself is very difficult. I don't think I could do anything. I couldn't say anything about this that really feels like <clears throat> ingenuous. I think the mixing on the 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 AO part is like a little crunchy, but like it's intentionally crunchy. So are we uh um, as a question of uh order of operation are we getting all of our points out now or will be no 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 we just wanted to say one positive one negative because we are going to be pitting these women against each other tonight and that's kind of the the thought exercise that we're doing oh i, I just guess noticed, if i, I guess have I... to have one negative it would be that and this isn't so much a negative because she does this with like all her music but this beat ex was made by another if I remember correctly, made by another DJ, Lazy J, mm -hmm. prior to her using the as the bass for two one two. So you know, and I've heard the original version called "Float My Boat," which doesn't have her rapping on it, and it is better with her rap put upon it. Um, but it is not like it was made specifically for her. It just was something she like found out there. And she credits the negative artist. I like that more than Galantis can say. <laughs> yeah, more than Nicki Minaj can say. She's not crediting her producers. Cardi outsold. All right, second song. Uh, <laughs> we are going to say one positive thing about "Smile" by Madonna. <laughs> I'm sorry, Smile by Lily Allen. <laughs> Smile by Charlie Chaplin. No, we're going to say one nice thing about Smile by Lily Allen. Ray of Light by Lily James. <laughs> I'll I'll start the positive for this one. Um, I think this is one of the best breakup songs of all time. And I just, it, it's a song that always puts me in a very good mood, but makes me feel vindictive at the same time, which like feeds my Scorpio moon in very nice ways let's Bro, go let's was, go yeah my like I, I very much the message of the song is probably the best message of any of the songs on this list which is like we truly do need to be like smiling when men cry more often yeah including ourselves no feel sorry for me but otherwise that's so victim um it was i remember when it came out it was like really so different than everything than everything else that was going on in pop music at the time. It just had a different sound. It was pulling from different influences. Uh, Lily Allen had a whole persona that was like kind of different than a lot of the other pop mainstream pop girlies at the time. And it really did feel like this fun, unique breath of fresh air at the time. And it kind of existed in a world where like the indie blogs really liked it and hyped it up like the serious indie blogs and also like just normal people who are like looking for something a bit different mm -hmm. also really liked it like I remember I don't know how many of my like girl like friends made it like uh, friends that were girls in high school made it like that song that would play automatically on their MySpace page back when that was the thing uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but it was it, it, it had its moment it was uh it, it was a it was a moment when that thing dropped back in what 2005 2006 god yeah lily allen has like was like a like a movement leader in terms of like parental advisory pop and i do yeah. always appreciate that about her <laughs> yeah she was she was cussing on those tracks be long before any of the other girls were doing it 
No, I like I my dad like basically restricted me from listening to most of the songs on this album. And I had the clean version of this song in my app iTunes slash Apple Music library until like 2015 almost. <laughs> like just because it just never changed over. Um I guess my critique is um I guess I'm a little too young for my space, so I didn't get to experience it as it was intended to. No, I'm kidding. That's not All my right, critique. So my I critique leave meeting. No, I had I didn't let you guys leave here. You're stuck in here. I put a geo gate on. The my actual critique of this is that I think this kind of like twee sound has not aged super well. Yeah. There are this is this is in my top like three or three to five Lily Allen songs. But it's definitely the one that sounds the most 2006. Yeah, it definitely was of a time and of a like scene that has kind of just faded out. That that British scene at that era was so fun. It was like all sorts of electro were coming out of it. Yeah. Electro pop and like Lady Sovereign was also popping off around this time. Aww. Oh, it was so fun. And then it all just kind of like disappeared. Like we all kind of got bored of it. I don't know. I don't even think we got bored of it, but it just fizzled out. I think it's kind of, uh, it was also like one of those really like hyper saturated things like well like hyper pop not to say hyper twice but like you have the like a hundred gex scene people right now who like spawned a bunch of imitators in a really short period of time and they all sound so similar that like it just fizzles out quickly and like there's so yeah that i mean like lady sovereign could only exist for four months in 2006 like yeah. that that was like that as... was a beautiful four months yeah <laughs> it is driving me crazy what's the what's that song again love I... me i hate me fuck you i don't know the the song random came up in my like shuffle the other the couple months back i hate to say this someone's gonna make fun of me for saying this it still kind of slaps <laughs> I don't think her I know that one. In that one. It was on her first EP, Vertically Challenged. And <laughs> everyone liked the song when it came out. We'd all play it for each other in the lunchroom on our iPods for each other. Isn't oh. she like a four? You know what an lesbian? iPod is, Drew? Yeah, I know what an iPod is. <laughs> um, Lady Sovereign's real name is Louise Amanda yep. Harmon. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh, she is a lesbian. Oh. When's her comeback? Get her back in the game. She has not released any music since 2009 because of medical issues. Whatever that means. She had like a comeback album where she interpolated a song by The Cure that was actually really good. It was a bop. (laughs) But it never really took off, sadly. Maybe for the 200th episode, Love Me or Hate Me will make an appearance <laughs> inshallah yeah you. one last thing about thank lily allen fuck you. Um, when she went on tour for this album if i remember correctly she gave up on it after a few dates because she was just like this is exhausting and i'm not having fun and well she, yeah she just like quit and everyone just said it was the funniest thing and the music blog stereo gum at the time which mm-hmm. used to be very snarky and fun 
every time someone would quit something, they'd be like, oh yeah, they had a case of the Lily Allens. <laughs> Just like gave up on something. <laughs> Lily Allen was kind of the Azalea Banks of the 2000s though. Like she was feuding with everyone. Would yeah. like, I mean, this was back in the days when like four years between albums was considered a long time, but she took a while to like release her for her second album after her first one. And everyone was like, she's constantly delaying things because she's like such a slag <laughs> and like <laughs> but like I, I mean she's now like well she's married to David David Harbour from Stranger Things now did y'all know that what I want yeah they have an architectural digest go on yeah here. they live in like the their wedding little... pictures are like very cute I they're mean... very cute I like them together I don't <laughs> Their living arrangements right now are very like there was an old lady who lived in a shoe, <laughs> but I do really like them. She has made me like him a lot more because I used to really dislike him for absolutely no reason. I bet he would be a great stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. I just liked when they um, cast her brother in Game of Thrones, and then tried to almost cast her. Oh, I would as... have loved to see Lily Allen in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah she, she would have played the the lesbian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget the character's and name. And then they but... cast Amelia Clark instead? No, it was, um, was going to no, be... Um... It was that, that round-faced lesbian. <laughs> you know who I'm yeah. talking about? No, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> well, if anyone uh, knows the round face lesbian I'm talking about, uh, please DM because I'm great. not Googling this. It's one of the Greyjoys. I forget her name. Yeah. But Lily Allen was disgusted to find out that she was at one point, if she had gotten the role, was going to have to make out with her brother or oh, have her brother wow. flirt with her. And it was kind of very funny because it was just nice seeing someone outside of the show be like what is going on on this show yeah. this is weird <laughs> right, we all I... so wrapped up in that show that we just let it do whatever it wanted i think we have to move on to the third song. yes that's who i googled i googled round game of thrones round face lesbian and um got an article on the cut to tell me thank you cut um, the third song we're going over tonight is 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters. Uh, let's start to Boone for the first positive here. Impossible impossible to not dance to. Impossible. If it's yeah. on, I'm dancing. If it's on, my booty shaking. What's that Megan Trainer song? Only one I'm dancing. No. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Ooh. Gucci on? My and name my is... No. <laughs> my sign is... <laughs> No, that's so funny. It's not better than 100% pure love, but it's really funny. Noted thespian and How I Met Your Father guest star, Megan Trainer. I'm not watching that show. <laughs> there are people listening to this podcast. There's there's like five seconds of silence after everything they say. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. No, and this is, remember, well, the listeners will know this, but we found out in yesterday's episode that silence is the sound of a thought. (laughs) That's actually 
Is that why Megan Trainer was silent for five years and then just did a comeback? Well, she's been releasing music. It's just flopped severely. <laughs> she had to think about got my Gucci on, got my Louis Vuitton, even with nothing on. Angela Bassett did the thing. <laughs> they should mash that up. <laughs> I always forget that Kim Petras is on the remix to Made You Look Too. Like I was so upset when that happened. Oh. Kim Petras hasn't made a good song in like three years. It's not. I know you're a slut pop lover, but that's like fucking well, crazy did you, to me. Did Will. you listen to the? Did you listen to the week of Problematique? Yeah, I did, and I, like a few, but like I don't know. It from the back, if that had been released, it would have been a worldwide hit. Me, I don't but like it when think... she sounds like Manila Luzon in her music. Though, <laughs> like I don't care for that. Like. It's like, I don't think pop should be funny at the end of the day, which is why something like 100% pure love works because there's not a stitch of humor in it. It is 100% pure drama, theatrics, stunty, cunty work. I saw Crystal Waters perform last fall and it was an absolute Where? Is that this a music festival, like dance disco festival down in like Grand Park in L.A.? It had like Purple Disco Machine and J to G. Oh, wait, that's a cool lineup. It was such a good lineup. And people go absolutely. The Waters just performed, came out to the 30 minute set, played all her music, sang, danced, she had a little choreo. Mm -hmm. It was 100% pure love, the like crown jewel of the set. Yeah, I mean, it was that and Gypsy Woman were the two like centerpieces. She's homeless. she don't have makeup <laughs> talk about problematic but that song i mean obviously is a classic of the it genre of it was of its time <laughs> it is so funny to sing along to that song and be like and just look at like in a crowd of people look over at your your friend and be like she's home <laughs> <laughs> so funny i'm sorry i mean it's not we have a horrible horrible housing crisis in this country and a mental health crisis um to boot but that song is great it's it's another 10 out of 10 but that's not the crystal war song we're talking about tonight um critiques the only critique which isn't a critique is i just wonder if i'm having recency bias because of how um much it's come back into my life through drag race yeah that's i guess that's my critique too like it is extremely overplayed here in chicago because it's essentially become the unofficial anthem of the chicago drag scene because of denali and the video like the chicago queen celebration video that they did afterwards um I have heard it almost as many times in the past two years as I've heard 212. <laughs> but I, mean, I guess no, it's also it like, would, do you ever want them to press skip? I wouldn't. No, I. it's no skip, swear to God, for me. But like you know. 90s house music is having a moment right now. And 90s house music has always been cool, but it hasn't always been something that has had a wide appeal and is like current in culture. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it may we might not be discussing this song as one of the best had it not had 
current cultural tides and not led to it being revived and primed for this moment. And like if Denali did not eat no crumbs as much as she did to the lip sync, we <laughs> maybe wouldn't be talking about it. Like I'm sure people are not talking about Don't Go Yet by Cami Cavi this week after the mm. massacre it endured at the hands of One Spice. Actually, the only having a revival on its own, like Kurang Ben at a show I saw them at last year, did a cover of it. They like closed the show with uh, this brilliant cover of it, and I was just really? like, oh. I was like, wow. So I think it maybe would be coming back. A Kurang Ben cover of a hundred percent pure love sounds boring as shit. <laughs> but their cover, their cover of Gypsy Woman was amazing. Did they say I she's homeless? Me, yeah. No, they didn't sing a word, <laughs> but they played the guitar. The da, 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 da. I feel like the fun part of that song is saying she's homeless. <laughs> there was also, wasn't there a Years and Years cover of it for like a Target commercial or something? Oh, for the, the yeah, that oh, cover I got yeah. so sick of over the holidays because they're still yeah, playing I, it. just everywhere. Yeah, they're still playing it. Well, they do this every year. Like they have some gay fave current oh, artist cover God. a gay fave old song. Like a few years ago, they had Sam Smith do "I Feel Love." It was okay. I like was, that though. The it, the production that Disclosure did for it, the, the beat of it, and everything, marvelous, lovely, stunning. Yeah, and Smith's cover of "I Feel Love," he just couldn't do it. It just. They, Sorry, you're, they they could not do it. They're they homeless. They tried. They tried, <laughs> they tried. They became Icarus, and uh, I don't know. I think next anyone year. who tries to go up against our Lord and Savior Donna Summer yeah. struggles. And next year, yeah. Target is going to have um, King Princess doing Unholy. <laughs> that like I actually just felt sick thinking about that like truly like violently sick it would be so funny though if azalea banks did true colors by cindy lopper for target (laughs) i'd listen I would. I hope it's not even a house cover i hope it's the bat a ballad like a spare acoustic ballad or she like does it in the style of her Christmas EP Icy Colors Change. <laughs> um, oh wait, did we say it? Okay, so we all have said our negatives about 100% Pure Love. Okay, last song, Ray of Light by Madonna. Positives first. Who wants to start? Um, it's uh an. It's really it's it shows off Madonna's talent of blending into the time that she's in, um, and like often really like like actually hitting it and having it work, um, and the music video accompanying it is really quite uh, unique and mm-hmm. fun. Also, unique. Other- <laughs> yeah. Um, Boone, why don't you go? Um, I guess prose, uh, the word Zephyr is underused in pop lyrics. <laughs> and I would say I 
will always, especially in today's day and age where every pop song is one minute and 53 seconds long, like a pop song that like clocks over five minutes. I'm, I'm a happy, happy boy. Although I did not remember it being like fully over five minutes until I was listening to it again for this. I'll get to that as part of my critique. Um, oh. But my, my, my saying something nice. Um, I think this is one of her best songs. I think it's representative. How one of her that are you throwing as one of her best songs? This is in my top five Madonna songs. Um, huh. It's from, oh. it's from a top three Madonna album for me. Um, I think this era, like we'll touch on this a little bit, like, she really synthesized a lot of very current trends, but Ray of Light doesn't sound like any other mainstream pop songs or even like more experimental electronic music from that period. Like it's a very unique blend mm -hmm. of like mainstream pop and experimental sounds that no one has really replicated well since then. Um, I'll just say my negative because I touched on it. It is a little too long for me even though every every song on this album is a little too long um and i feel like when i'm out for a run and listening to this i usually skip it after like three and a half minutes you're the you're the problem with this generation you're the reason all of our pop songs are so goddamn no, but like you know what we've talked about this so much you know i love a good three minute and 30 second pop music but I also don't like wordless outros. Do you know what song is like that I always think of is shockingly longer than five minutes? What? Get Low. By Lil John. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea that. I don't it's more I than only five ever minutes. listen to that as part of a night out. I did a lip sync to that one time and I regretted it because it did not end. And I was just like, oh, I just have to keep going and the joke's over. <laughs> yeah, more than it's in the more than five club yeah damn um going back to madonna i would just say i think it's a little bit too much of its time i think it kind of pulled a bit too much from other things happening at the time that it just feels a little bit too chameleon-y however it is very different than a lot of madonna's other work and i applaud her for actually making it work um and doing a good job with it but it also just sounds flat to me. It feels like whoever mixed or mastered it, the beats don't really kick, the like highs don't really hit you. It just feels a little just like kind of flat. Unlike a lot of other kind of similar like electronic Euro dance pop was at the time, it just doesn't have that je ne sais quoi to it. Mm. Like kicks you in the face. I mean, I like I like William Orbit's work on that song, but we can talk about it when we get to them. The meat and potatoes of the electoral I like, process. I feel like this is gonna be like one of those seasons of drag race where you're like all four of the final queens, you're like, oh I like them, but it's a it's a runaway. 
I, like what's we'll start voting but i guarantee you i could predict every single one of these votes sure um what's your negative for ray of light sis that it's not even top five best Me- beyonce <laughs> not even top five best madonna song okay yeah, what's your number one madonna song oh god I have one locked and loaded, at least for today. This changes every day for me. I truly went blank in this moment, and all I could think was, yeah, like, I fall minutes to save the world, which is not even top (laughs) 20. (laughs) It might be top 20 for me, actually. That song is a lot better than people give it credit for, but I also have a ton of goodwill for that era of Timbaland production. I would like to bring that back into mainstream pop music in 2023. Because yeah. between that, Primisky, well, all those Nelly Furtado song, singles, future sex love sounds, we we yeah. had we were eating pretty good. Um, almost any Timberland beat of the last 25, 30 years, and you could release it today, and it would still eat. There's some misses, but most of them, you're like, yeah, wow. He's definitely, like the past, like, 10 years have not been super kind to him but like from like 96 to 2011 unimpeachable pretty much unimpeachable um okay well why don't we get into the actual voting process here um so like i said at the top of the episode i've randomized these four songs into a bracket we're going to be voting on one matchup then the other matchup and then the finals sports so shit i'm now looking at the randomization and we got we got some toughies here um let's talk about the first seed versus the fourth seed first these two songs are potentially the Modern. two most stylistically similar songs in the bracket. Um, one of these songs could not exist without the other song. I knew this was going to happen. But there's some fierce queens. Um, there's some fierce queens. I don't know what to say here. This is a really hard choice. Um, the one seed, which mind you is randomized. It doesn't mean necessarily that's the best song. The one seed is... 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters and the fourth seed is 212 by Azalea Banks. Uh, I, knew, I knew that because this should be the uh, final and I knew it was going to happen. Drew, why didn't you rig this for us? Uh, this isn't RuPaul's no, rigged like race. Asshole. <laughs> Look. I, I, I'm, ready to cast, I'm ready to cast my vote. I, I, am, I too. am too. I think we're all on the same page here. Would you it's, say you 212? <laughs> Wait, what's the pun there? I guess you are two. I guess oh, I said, oh, oh, oh. you are two one Wait, two. Is everyone is everyone ready to one two vote? Yes. <laughs> Listen, all I could say is I think that cunt getting eaten. It's well, getting eaten. And also, like truly at like the cultural the cultural foresight to know that cunt was going to come back into the culture in such a big way not only that but like to name your fan base the cunt brigade (laughs) it it is one of the most forward-thinking decisions from a branding perspective that any celebrity has ever done it's unbelievable i will say i love 100 pure love i'm so happy 
to have 100% pure love in in our life, in our community, in our clubs. But let's just do this, folks. When you yeah. listen to all of these these songs to me, I was very happy to see 212 and 100% pure love. And the other two, I was, let's just say, not as excited were present. But I was just happy there were two songs I was very passionate about that were here. And I'm very sad that it has to end like this for one of them. I mean, I'm sad too, but we've had a lot of Fallen Queens on here. Like Crystal Waters gets to join Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass um, <laughs> I just in want to the know graveyard. I just won't, I still have questions how uh, that happened. Well, think of it this way. We can talk about that another time. Well, no, no, we can talk about it now because, like, let's think of model this for a second. We're American, and think of that election as a German election. We can't vote over there. Well, I can, but you can't because I have dual citizenship. I'm a global citizen. I can vote in every election. In this metaphor, y'all are just here for here. Something I, gave. Well, I've lost the thread of the analogy. <laughs> what? Something was gave in the past and it will give in the future, but you have to give in the present right here and right now. Oh, you can't oh, oh. mourn for the givings that were gave or not but we, gave. But we can um we can put a put a, a motion up for the Senate to bar them from all future voting. Resilient bitch, resilient bitch. Yes, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. I lost the throw of the metaphor too, because I went to policy school. I have like a very limited understanding of the civic integrity process. Um, I think, that, yeah, this vote could only have gone the one way. I, I do, I do feel like I don't want to shoot my wad either, but I do feel like two one two is steamrolling its way to victory here. Um, just based off of comments that have been made, but we got to discuss the second seed versus the third seed now. We actually um, never voted. <laughs> well, we it was an okay, fine. I vote for two one two. I vote for two one two too. I also vote for two and two. Okay, well, that's that's all well and good then. Um. The second seed is Ray of Light by Madonna, and the third seed is Smile by Lily Allen. The two songs y'all are casting aspersions against, and I think that's a little unfair. I it's actually don't know how I'm voting here, though. They're both lovely songs. Uh, I'm just surprised Smile made it this far. It just very much feels like I'm, I'm voting for a body of work at this point than necessarily either one of these songs. Because, like, love Lily Allen as an artist, love Madonna as an artist. For me, this is not top five Madonna. For me, this is not top five Lily Allen. But... Like, if you're comparing bodies of work, though, like, I mean, I'm going to say a phrase we've said a lot over the past five episodes. Cute before gorgeous. Gorgeous is always going to devour cute. Like... Madonna has a 40-year career compared to Lily Allen's 10 active years of releasing music and five 
active years of being married to David Harbour and doing architectural digest tours. You do not understand how seminal It's Not Me, It's You was to me in college. That album- That's the second album. Right, that album raised me in college. If we're talking about Bodies of Work, that album- No, that was- Yeah. Her first two albums are both Stone Cold classics. I'm not arguing with there. But Madonna has never had a Sheezus. Uh, has Madonna never had a Sheezus? Maybe Madam X. <laughs> Madam X versus Sheezus. What's worse? Actually, Madam X is not a bad album. Sheezus is like a pretty bad album. Sheezus had like the non, um, the non, like, Jesus songs on that. I feel like there were some good ones, but I can literally not think of a single song. URL Badman is pretty good. But Will, are you a Madonna hater? No, I love Madonna. Okay. Insincerely Yours was good. Um, Take My Place is like truly actually an all-time. I was actually about to go start defending um Madam X. Uh, well, um, please issue a defense because, like, I feel like Madam X has, like, being Madam X has permanently altered Madonna's brain chemistry. Like, I, whether yeah. she's saying it actively or not, I still think Madonna is living Madam X's life. She's still in that era. Yeah. Where and, like, has those aesthetics and is making those videos that she made during that time. Um, I would just I when I first heard a song from that album, it was at a lip sync competition at Akbar, and someone performed Medellin, and on that sound system in there, it sounded absolutely heavenly. Yeah, it's the best song on the album. It is the best song. We just talked and, about this in the episode that aired yesterday. Like that, that's like one of her best lead singles. Like it's such yeah. a perfect like cruising around in like early summer kind of song. I thought it was the I'm best song I've heard by her since hung up personally. Yeah. It's it is I was like looking at the track list again. It's maybe the only good song on this album. On Madame X? Yeah. What? God control is like deeply what? stupid. I like Crave. I like um I don't search I find their formatting. There's some good stuff on Madame X. Like Madame X is definitely crunchier than some of her other I think I thought Rebel Heart came out after Madame X. Rebel Heart came out when I was in college. That was Rebel Heart's pretty good. Yeah, Rebel Heart has good songs on it. The issue, like, I unironically love Bitch, I'm Madonna. Like, the Sophie Diplo co-production on that is, like, great. Um, The only issue with Rebel Heart is that it was also, like, really crunchy with the budget. Like, all the visuals for Rebel Heart are either bad or, in the case of when she put uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s face in those, like, rebel Mm. heart like bandages and said that mlk was a rebel heart like that was ill-advised i would say um but she always has a history of putting up pictures of like gandhi 
and being like Gandhi would have loved Girl Gone know. Wild, <laughs> like all this stuff. I always just think, as far as visuals on that, I always just think of um, the bitch I'm Madonna when they just hold up the TV for like Nicki Minaj on the green screen. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, and, and then like, that's the one that also has like Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus like shot with a cell phone pre COVID when we were allowing things to be shot with a grainy ass cell phone. Yeah, I think that video was shot on an iPhone. Like, intentionally so. But, uh, wait, what are what are we doing here? I, oh, yeah, wait, we're voting for Madonna <laughs> over Lily Allen, or vice versa. I, I, may I cast my vote first? Yeah, cast your vote. I'm doing a write-in. No, you can't do a write-in. But it'll do make it. do a write-in. I think it would genuinely make the final two interesting. But doesn't that like, like the other people have it's spoken? Gonna a, it's going to be a tie. Like you can't, if like me and Drew vote for different things, then like what's going to happen? We just just screech as okay. well. That's How about why this? I'm How about this? My, that's How about why this? I'm casting my vote first, Will, and then you can um also write in your vote. And I think we can beat Drew and usurp this podcast. No, you're not usurping <laughs> this podcast. Here, How about this? Whatever you two come to a consensus about a third song to put in the final in addition to either Ray of Light or Smile, and we will vote for that. We hate Does that seem fair? No, we hate a three-person lip sync. Yeah, but what if... What if... I'm voting, I'm voting third party. The Green Party candidate is lost in the primary, enrolled as a Green Party candidate, and I'm putting toxic back in this bitch. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> oh my god, you know what? Fine, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But you still have to vote for either Smile or Ray of Light. I'll allow toxic back in the final if... Because if you're going to say third party, there have to be three parties. Do you think Britney Spears can explain the Green Party? I think that's a very offensive question. <laughs> I think that's that's a rude question. But I do think if I do think if she knew she would pro she would love to be a third party voter. I think she's a beautiful centrist. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're not wrong, but um I guess I guess uh, I'm voting ray of light. I'm maybe voting Smile. I think I'm voting Smile too, but Oh my god. I, okay. I'm conflicted about it, but I think I'm going for Smile just based off of how much I used to love that song when I was like 15 or whatever. <laughs> At first when I see you cry, it makes me smile. It's a good it's a catchy it's song. Good. No, it's good. It's good. Um it is unfortunately a song that sounded like a Glee cover a little bit when it first came out. And that's yeah. just like a high, you know. A what cover? Also... A Glee cover. What's Have you that? heard of that show? No. You know, that's probably for the best. Um, okay, so now we... I would it... rather have Ray of Light at the top, like if we were going to show like these two are the best. I would rather have Ray of Light up there. But if I'm going just solely based off of... God, I don't know. 
you can't vote based on optics. That's so intellectually disingenuous. Then do I want Ray of Light then? I don't know. Well, you got to decide soon because I can't be here till 11 p.m. This episode's got to come out. You wouldn't do that for your audience? I don't. I don't want to subject. I would do anything for your listeners. I would do anything. You know, I'm going to go with Ray of Light. No, I wouldn't do anything. I'm doing Ray of Light. You're doing Ray of Light? Okay. So swing vote. Swing, swing vote. That's this is all very improper, but I'll allow it. Um, okay. Well, it's a three-party race. I guess it does make it is better, like in terms of history for Britney Spears to now steal Madonna's spot does make more sense. But she's <laughs> not stealing Madonna's spot. We are going to vote between two on two ray of light and toxic in the final three now. I think you're being wow. very polite, but I think it's now we have a fight. Now this is now, the, yeah. Now this now. is hard. This is very hard. Uh, well, we've definitely created some suspense, and I appreciate that. Um, find out next week. No, we're not finding out next week. I'm not fucking filibustering <laughs> on my own podcast. Um, so out of these three songs, this is a pretty good final three, honestly. Like you know, we've talked a lot about mothers and daughters. Who um it, sorry, who was the original who originally submitted Toxic? Uh this was a guest submission from friend of the pod Allison Swimmer. We're doing it for you, Allison. Allison, you've 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 won something here. You've won the sport of two gay men who don't know you, who are willing <laughs> to go to bat for you this hard. That oh, says I'm something. Actually, I'm not gay on podcasts. Oh, well, one I like to leave it it for the uh, audience's interpretation. You don't know his alphabet. I do know his alphabet, and I wish he would just say it, because it's annoying. Wait, speaking of which, do you guys see that Lucas Gage is in a gay relationship? Yeah, good for him. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I wish that that guy looks like the, um, you know, the guy on Real Friends of WeHo who has, like, no, like, I don't. Actually, he has I don't, like, but I like. I just know what you're talking about. Okay, you know who I'm talking about. That there's that one guy who has like the upside down trapezoid chin. It's not the chin that goes like this. It's the chin that goes like this. I know Todrick. Like, I, someone I, to... I know the other one, and then I know the one that in that one review got said sounds like he has milk in his lungs yeah that's who i'm talking about oh but i don't know what his face looks like he looks like the pokemon garchomp (laughs) it's shocking like it's really shocking um i just want to know what's going on with the like newly out actor to immediately dating a gay hairstylist but he's also not newly out though like he's like i know yeah he is is... the one that got Issa rate up here on the program no, that's the. Oh no 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 no! Wait, are you talking about newly? You're talking about newly out actor to real friends of WeHo. Will no, it seems like. Oh 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 oh! Sorry uh, sorry, I thought we were referring to another character on that program. Yeah, I thought. Are you talking about Lucas Gage, Will? Yes. Oh, yes, oh sorry. did Lucas yeah. Gage yeah. ever come out? Well, he's never uh, formally come out, but he's like. I mean, he's like at the very least queer in LA like I mean you everyone I know has like seen him on Tinder and Hinge myself included but like now he's just dating Kim Kardashian's hairstylist who looks like 
Garchomp from Real Friends of WeHo. <laughs> um, is it crazy to say I'm still voting 212 out of these three? It's not crazy. It's certainly not crazy. If it was just two and two in Ray of Light, it would be an easy two and two. Right. However, yeah. and that would be my vote. However, with Toxic now here, uh, it's easily Toxic. Just steamrolls the other two. No, see, I don't think it's that simple. I don't. I, I think if you're clearly, if you're ranking them. I am ranking them. It's oh. toxic two and two and okay, but like I don't I think I think it has to be two on two toxic ray of light. I don't think it is that though. It's just like toxic is just so good. It is so good. We're it talking about three so we're talking about three perfect ten out of ten pop songs here. Toxic well, though, we're if not we're talking using... about three perfect pop songs. To you. To you, oh fine. I, the, at the worst, Ray of Light is an eight out of ten. At its worst, I'll give you that. Toxic is not a top five Britney song. What? It absolutely no. Is. It's not. It. Oh my god! I know what you're gonna say. You're ugh, say your little top five. Well, sorry, I can't. I don't, sorry, no, sorry, sorry. The, I don't have my top five. I don't have my top. Wow. I don't. I don't. I don't. I feel very belittled and. And small. Sorry, you sorry. Made me feel very small. <laughs> sorry, I'm 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 passionate about Brittany. What are your top five? What are your top three? My top. Okay, my top three. That's easy. Um, top three. Break the ice every time. I'm a slave for you. That's my top three. Brittany. Okay, I guess that wasn't as. That's a pretty respectful. I think toxic is top ten for sure. But like we said this, we said this last episode too. Like, if you put toxic on blackout toxic i think is pretty mid middle of the pack i don't think blackout would have existed without toxic well we said that too like toxic is the rough draft or blackout and to to get a perfect pop song off a rough draft baby yeah but that speaks to the the iconic britney spears i would just like to say at the era that song came out you know, it was the height of like the misogyny against Britney and like all similar pop divas. And that song was so good that we all loved it in middle school. We were like, we used to like, you know, make fun of Britney all the time. The moment I heard that song, I was like, oh, this slaps. And I can't like hide the fact that I love this song. And I still feel this way. And I think the production of it is incredible. The like way that sample for like the violin part of it was flipped is just like brilliant Daft Punk level sampling. It's great. All of these things are Britney's true. Career to a whole new level and brought a whole new audience to her that would have just kept writing her off as just being some little like, you know, like high school girl pop diva thing. And if we're talking visuals, if we're talking visuals, one of the most iconic music videos of all time. Sure, sure. But like, I don't think Toxic is like the sea change you're remembering it as, though. Like, oh, it was. It's up. No, it's a it's a peak. Maybe not in your like third grade class or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, 
that I was in third grade. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Are you age shaming me? Yeah. Oh, I feel small again. That what when they say when they say cultural reset, when your generation uh, throws that around, what they're referring to is what happened when Toxic came out. Okay, let's talk about that though, because like Toxic was a hit in the U.S., but it was it's still to this day technically not one of Britney's biggest hits. And that's misogyny. Right. But so what's the what's the cultural reset you're talking about? Like sonically? Oh, um homosexual. Aesthetically? Homosexually. Well, I wasn't gay when that song came out. I, I was either. eight. I wasn't gay, but after that song came out, I was. So I guess I'm now coming out on the podcast as a gay man. Good. A. And B. So Britney made you gay. Is that what yeah. I'm hearing? Yeah. In 2023, that doesn't sound so good when you say it like that. And you know what? Sometimes you can't sugarcoat. Sometimes you can't sugarcoat things. Brittany made me gay. I don't like that Marjorie Grammy she won. Well, the Grammy, the scammies don't mean anything. The scammies don't mean anything. You know who has a Grammy for best spoken word podcast medium? Me. Drew Haskins. Let's see it. Pull it out. I have these documents right here. My Grammy. Oh, he is actually holding a Grammy. That's crazy. Yeah. Where'd you get that? I you want it. it. I want it. I LL Cool J. I've knocked over this picture. Like, ah, you know what I recently learned? LL Cool J gave it to me. What I oh, recently God. learned. Is, oh. What I recently learned is like you have to pay for at least Emmys, if you want the Emmy, after you win it, you have to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Another, I paid $6,500 for my Grammy. 6500 That's a right, lot that's of fucking not, money. That's I spent, not. It's cheaper to get an Emmy, I'll tell you that, from what I know. Well, no, the Grammys, they make you really work for it. Like, and that, I mean, it speaks to the inequities in the music industries. Like, the royalty checks I get from this podcast meager oh this podcast is part of the music industry yeah because it's grammy it's grammy is this is this podcast tony eligible i mean i the broadway adaptation of crisis twink is in the works um noah galvin will be playing me um i wasn't thrilled about that casting but I've heard that one of y'all will be played by Ariana DeBose. Oh my god. Mixed DeBose herself. So exciting. My hair okay, just one last cool. thing about Toxic. It's her most streamed single on Spotify. Who? Will's coming at you with Google facts, bitch. No, don't come at me sideways like this. I don't want to bring numbers into well, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just pointing out, like, my <laughs> argument is that it was a song that brought in new people into Britney's fold. I was one of them. And I know other people who might not particularly, like, go to, te- like, go fight for other singles of hers, but they'll all be like, oh, yeah, Toxic was a bop. And that's why I, like, vote for it as being such a good pop song. Like, they will all enlist in the Britney army for Toxic. I'm in the Britney army for Toxic. I I support this. I just I 
The Cunt Brigade is a better fandom name than the Britney Army. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's 100%. And I think, I honestly think 212 is more innovative and has, as Alia thinks, 212, the song, has more children than Britney Spears' Toxic does. That, I think, is inarguable. I think is you can't really replicate Toxic. Like, it's just, there's so much going on in it. And it's so of its time that you can't really like recreate it. There's just like, it's just like, it's sonically like just overpowering. I don't mean that in like a, I don't know how to, I sound crazy talking about it, but I just like, there's nothing quite like toxic. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. This election, this election got overthrown. This is, (laughs) I cannot believe that in my 100th episode, you two fagoos have thrown a coup against me. Like this is really. I can't believe you allowed it. Actually, <laughs> I I mean because I'm too polite. That's what it is. Like, I'm. Oh, for my official vote, by the way, I think I know. I'm voting toxic. This is so crazy. Ah! I can't. I can't believe. Oh my God, did we actually stage a coup? <laughs> we did what we did. What they couldn't do on January sixth. This is so gutter. I'm sorry. Like, what y'all have done tonight is almost invalidating to four days of work that I've put in to, like, structure this podcast. Um, do I, I respect... You should have done a better job. <laughs> and I didn't validate you all over again, baby. I almost want to declare a tie just so we can actually honor that four days of work. Um... I'm happy calling this a tie. I'm not. Well, all right. Well, for you, we'll Listen, call it we, a tie, we discovered everybody at home. Electors, you know what happened. electors that we received and with that new information. <laughs> okay. This is what has happened. In this analogy, toxic is the foul Donald Trump who won the electoral college, but 212 won the popular vote. Actually, no. No, no, that's not what happened here because we won the electoral college, but Toxic won the popular. Oh vote. no! <laughs> Maybe Damn. we need to dis- we need to disband this whole system and start over. And that you know what? For episode two hundred, we'll do that. We'll come back. Hopefully, the government's <laughs> different by then. Hopefully, America has been burned to the ground and rebuilt into something approaching like a more Phoenix-like democratic system. Um, and we will have new ways of voting on this. But for now. We have a people's champ and the real champ. And we can hold space for both, I guess. Damn, this is not how I wanted things to turn out, but I, <laughs> I I appreciate that y'all have injected some suspense and even some political intrigue and espionage into, into the proceedings here. So congrats to Toxic and congrats to 212 Woo! for making it this far. Thank you for having us. Will, thank you next for having stop, us. Washington. Next stop, Washington. Truly, thank you two so much for being here for a milestone episode. I, y'all so this are. Is, wait, this whole thing is 100 or this episode is literally This 100? whole thing is 100. A five day 100 episode. So are we technically episode 105? 100.5.
Well, congratulations on 100 episodes. That's crazy. That's so Thank cool. Thank you. And y'all were multiple as multiple us? time guests, like very integral to the success of this podcast. So Why are you I, thinking us? This is our podcast now. We're the crisis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. You've actually, um, it was great having you. Uh, uh, well, A, I'm the crisis. I don't want to, I don't want to pull, I'm not we're pulling the- this card, but both of you guys have recently celebrated a twink death and I'm not, um, <clears throat> I, I don't think you can technically take this name legally from me oh. or bio- biologically. I'll pull that card. Oh. Well, wow. thank you all so much for listening to Will and, Mo- Will and Boone's Crisis Twin. <laughs> uh, please go to Crisis iTunes, Twin. Spotify, wherever you listen. Oh my uh, God. Rate, rate and subscribe. You can follow <laughs> Will on Twitter at what's your Twitter? Oh, Will Sandercock. You can follow uh, me and Hell. And Drew, thank you so very much for being a guest. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I mean, well, I kind of do. Like this, uh, so Crisis Twink is going to be going on hiatus for the next five months. Actually, this isn't a bit. Uh, I'm taking some time to recharge, uh, but also come back with some new, exciting developments for the podcast that uh, will be hopefully announced june july spring summer september um i am just endlessly grateful that people have listened to this podcast for as long as they have um this is like truly a a a real joy to get to do on a weekly basis and i am so happy that people are happy from this i'm so happy that people have responded the way that they have and have like just made this so fun to do on a week to week basis. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I need a break just to like, you know, you don't, you don't have to explain, you don't take some time. Like you don't owe anyone uh, your mental. A hundred, a <laughs> hundred episodes in a hundred weeks, more or less is like, that's it's, it's a lot. And I'm not going to be gone. I'm not going to be off the grid. Um, Girls Room, my uh, HBO's Girls recap podcast that I co-host with Julia Gray in partnership with Spotify uh, is going to be releasing weekly episodes from now until the foreseeable future. Um, We all have a new episode out today with um, editor at The Nation, Alana Pakros. Next week, we are covering the iconic Beach House episode of Girls with extra special guest hunter harris you know her you love her um and we have a lot of fun guests coming up for that as well so if you want a drew haskins fix um you can go over there um otherwise crisis twink will be back in summer 2023 endlessly grateful thank you again um and with that bye everyone bye